Welcome to the Jack Lantern Press podcast, where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name is Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, How to Be a Mad Scientist. And we'll be talking about things you'll need if you have a goal of taking over the world. And since we're discussing mad science, we're recording from the Mad Science District, one of Transylvania's 13 wild and deadly districts. But speaking of Transylvania, has everyone discovered our new book, Transylvania Traveler? I hope they have. Uh, it's you, one of the best books that you could possibly get. Yeah, Not only it, that, tonight's episode with the Mad Science District is one of my favorite districts uh, when we were putting this together. Very cool. Yeah, if, if you haven't checked out the book, uh, go to jackolanternpress.com. You could check it out there. It just came out Memorial Day, so it's uh, still pretty new. But yeah, jackolanternpress.com. And speaking of things you've got to do, you've got to check out nightmare365.com. They have a really cool website, YouTube channel, and of course their podcast, Nightmare365. I got to say, uh, I think I'm addicted to the podcast. They have um, a show that they do where sometimes they'll interview people, but they also do um, these short little like seven to 15 minute episodes called Weekday Weirds. They drop every Wednesday and they're about the unexplained, the unsolved and uh, bone chilling tales. So definitely uh, check out what they're doing at nightmare365.com. Very, very cool stuff. But back I actually to, really uh, like, actually oh, really like the, just to go back on the Nightmare 365. You know, I've, I've been listening to a lot of their stuff and and uh, I, I really like the way that they have uh their stuff set up i mean even on the the youtube channel you can go there as well and see them on there but they got you know their whole room filled with all this halloween stuff and uh and you got two brothers on the east coast kind of like you know our podcast where we have two brothers you know here on the west coast but it's it's uh they do a great job i i listen to all the weekday weird stuff and uh, even their podcasts that they put out, they, they do a good job. So kudos to them. Once again, yeah, nightmare365.com. Check it out. Yep, for sure. But back to uh, how to be a mad scientist. Tom, oh, yeah. um, you said you wanted to talk a bit about um, how mad scientists are your favorite monsters. Is that, That's uh, true, I right? Mean, absolutely. I mean, first off, I'm a technology buff, uh, and I I absolutely love all kinds of just gadgets, gear, anything that you could possibly get your hands on when it comes to tech. And when we built the the Mad Science District, I mean that's what we really wanted this thing to be is to be packed with technology and futurism and and all sorts of stuff just kind of packed into one one uh one district here so yeah this was definitely i know when we were doing the, the book it was definitely your favorite part of the book i remember you know working on it and and you definitely uh just fell in love with with the idea of having you know a mad science district 
Oh yeah, uh, and even even when uh, Frank Hansen, uh, who does the the artwork for our book, uh, the mad scientist drawing that he did was my favorite of all of the monsters that that he drew, and and that even excited me more because I mean it was in the mad science district, and uh, I mean you can't you can't even really have a mad science district without the main cheese of this place, which is the invisible man. Now, I don't know. I, I, before we get actually get started and before we start going through some of this stuff, this podcast uh, on this round is going to kind of be an open forum discussion of just things that you need to become a mad scientist, take over the world, get world domination, whatever, whatever fits your fancy is what we're, what we're after with this one. So we're, it's just going to be an open forum. We're basically going to go back and forth and just talk about different things that you need. Yeah. So, you know, what I was going to bring up was that, you know, I feel like you and I kind of, we started toiling with mad science when we were kids. I'm pretty sure you'll remember this when I bring it up, but when we lived in, uh, in the house in Newbury park, you know, in the eighties, um, we used to make potions with with our sister's soaps and beauty products and other things that were <laughs> under, the, that were under yeah. the sink. Like there was probably glass cleaner. We probably mixed medicines and powder. What we would do is we would get um, little uh, <laughs> squirt bottles that were under the sink and we would just start mixing all, whatever liquids and things that we found under the sink or in the medicine cabinet, and we would make potion, what we would call potions. And then after we saw Ghostbusters, which I think that movie was 1984, we started. Uh, we we got our. I had that can that Fisher Price camping belt, and it had a canteen, and we would put our potions in that canteen. I would wear that belt, and then. I believe we had like some space toys and squirt guns and we would put some of our potions in those guns. And oh we yeah. Became, we became the bug busters and we, we, we would go outside and we would look for bugs. And I, I remember going out on the street and the only bugs we could find were ants. But of course we used our potions on them to try and bust do re, them. Do you remember on the ants when we used to sit there and take, uh, Loretta's Aquanet, my sister basically, <laughs> her Aquanet, and we would put a lighter by it and we'd blowtorch the yeah. the ants. I mean, talk yeah. about dominating the world of the ants. Yeah, I remember yeah, we, in uh, Kelseyville when we lived there, there were all those worms on the, the side of the garage and we used to, I think it may have been WD-40, and we would we would oh, get yeah. a lighter and burn those things. <laughs> we sizzled those babies, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think yes, so. That I was our in a way, in a way that we did kind of start the whole mad scientist sort of stuff, or being kind of the the mad scientist. It was um, our foray into mad science, and I don't yeah. know. I, would would you call us mad scientists? And I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, I have a list of things here to see. You know, what are these that I'm going to name? Are they mad scientists or not? So, would you call? Um, the Ghostbusters mad scientists. They were all scientists. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe because, because, you know, they, they got ghosts. Um, Everyone thought they, they were crazy. Yeah. They all thought they were nuts, but I mean, they weren't really after like world domination to, 
to that sort of I mean they weren't like creating and either, a life form. So here's the next one, Dr. Frankenstein. Would you say because he wasn't after world domination, though I suppose, you know, he would he wanted to basically play God, but he was after good. You know, he he went into it, you know, wanting to to create scientific advancements. And so he went into it with good intentions. So would he be a mad scientist, even though he definitely... So that's different. To me, that's different. So if you look back, even going back to like Mary Shelley's, you know, uh, Dr. Frankenstein or Dr. Victor Frankenstein, as she put it, in what was that, 1930... Was it thirty one? Well, the movie the movie was thirty one. The book was like eighteen something. Eighteen is late eighteen oh. hundreds. I forget what year. So if you think about that, he he like Doctor Mannering and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which we talked about in a, in an earlier podcast. Even Doctor Mannering, he he was a, a really nice guy and a mellow guy, but as soon as he got on those machines, he kind of went nuts. Yeah, that's true. Victor Frankenstein, they 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 were kind of all going nuts because they, they went wanted mad. to accomplish the goal. It's alive. 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 In the name of God, now I know what it feels like to be God. Well, yeah, so they were, in my eyes, considered mad scientists. Take take the Invisible Man. Uh, you know, that, that, uh, that movie, 1933 one, with, uh, by the writer H.J. Wells, you know, played by, uh, what was his, Claude Rains? Yeah. I mean, he's a mad scientist. He was screwing around with monocane. He made himself invisible, and then with taking so much of the monocane, he went nuts. And then he was even going even more mad by by uh, taking more and more of that that uh, that potion that he made. But go back to your list. Go back to your list. So, would you consider Leonardo da Vinci a mad scientist with his creations? And a lot of people thought some of the stuff he was doing was crazy. Would you consider that? I don't know. I mean, I think that his was more of a creativity of, of, you know, creating different things other than maybe trying to take over the world or creating life. Um, maybe he didn't go, you know, mad. Um, he does have a pretty interesting quote that I, that I found. He said at one time, he said, anyone who conducts an argument by appealing to authority is not using his intelligence. He is just using his memory. And I thought that was an interesting quote because how many times do we just go off of what we've heard, you know, instead of, you know, conducting an argument by stuff that we actually experience or stuff that, you know, we actually find versus what what we've heard from someone else, you know, what we see on the news. I think we know a bunch of people like that true Uh, i thought that was an interesting okay so let's go back to the list here now um in 2009 dreamworks they came out with a bunch of uh halloween shorts uh 
Um, they were from the Shrek galaxy um, or universe. Um, one of the shorts was called The Bride of Gingy, and it was the gingerbread man had a little uh, horror story. Oh, yeah. So do you think that the chef from that, uh, from that short was a mad scientist? So it's funny. I just watched that again, and I think he went a little mad in there when he was creating He's putting female, all that sugar. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, all the, the gingerbread man. Threw, threw all the sugar in there, and then the, the lightning hit, and he was creating life. He knew what he was doing, and then he kind of went a little nuts when the lightning was going off. So, well, did I would say so. Is, the only thing is the gingerbread man was the one that was making him put all the sugar in. So I don't know, maybe. So how about uh, how about Lex Luthor? Is Lex Luthor a mad scientist? So, so absolutely he's a mad scientist because he's just nuts in the head. And it, I'll bring that up a little bit later. Okay, how about the Goonies? Are the Goonies mad scientists? No, they're just Adam. explorers, I think. Just explorers. How about Ryan Gosling in La La Land? He was he was kind of a scientist with jazz. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you could call him you could call him a scientist, but I don't think he was a mad scientist. Yeah, maybe some jazz musicians are. Um, do you do you uh, do you have any other names? I know there was a there was that uh, book that you wanted to talk about, and they, it has a bunch of uh, of real life mad scientists in there. Were there others that? that you could bring up? Well, actually, I have a ton. Um, one of my favorite authors of all time, which I know you already know who this is, but Daniel H. Wilson, um, he's a writer, and um, he, uh, he was born in 1978 on March 6th, and some of the stuff that he does is amazing. I mean, he has written some things. I think he was actually going for... for uh, um, robotics. He was going to be a robotics I think he worked. Or maybe I think he, he was. Worked. I think he worked. If I remember correctly, I think he actually worked in the field. So he speaks yeah. from from a knowledgeable level. You know, he's not just a, a writer of fiction. Well, then he was also an editor for uh, Popular Mechanics magazine. Um, and he, his stuff yeah. is really smart. Like his robot apocalypse stuff like it, it's all based in reality and things that they're trying to create like uh there's the one book um the robot uprising book which yeah, sure how to survive a robot uprising there's another one called how to build a robot army there's another it, one called where's my jetpack and it's and all based the, on it's all based on actual research and actual studies and and things that that uh, that they're developing, so that's what makes it really cool. So he, it is it is fiction, but it's it's heavily based on real things. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one book that that he wrote, which is one of my favorite books by him, and well, also the other three that I just mentioned, but uh, he wrote a book called The Mad Scientist Hall of Fame, and he's got a ton of of uh actual real life people and then obviously fake people and he's got them in categories so i'm just going to kind of go through this real quick so he's got uh bent on world domination of course you have dr evil 
You have Dr. Uh, no, which is Dr. Julius No. You have uh, Trophim Lysenko. That's Dr. No from like James Bond. I think so, yeah. Then you have intrepid explorers of the Great Abyss like Captain Nemo. Oh, yeah. Uh, or Professor Calculus. Then you have uh, communicated with space aliens. You have obviously Lex Luthor. And you have Nikola Tesla, uh, which is one of my favorite scientists of all time. I mean, he was he did a lot of energy and whatnot, but uh, yeah, that movie he the, supposedly communicated the, with space aliens. That movie, The Prestige, they they kind of touch on Tesla a little bit. It's it's pretty cool in in that movie. It's with Hugh Jackman, worth checking out for sure. Some really cool magician stuff in there, and then of course it. You know, there's a lot of stuff on Tesla in that movie. Yep. Then you have uh, performed human experiments. So you have like Dr. Moreau, Dr. Stanley Milgram, Victor Frankenstein. I mean, those are those are huge ones. Then Does, you have uh, died in the name of science. Uh, you have like Dr. Henry Jekyll and Mr. Edward Hyde. You have Jack Whiteside Parsons. Uh, I'm not sure if some of these are, are big names or Dr. Seth Brundle. Oh, Seth Brundle then, from The Fly. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, they're not mad. They're just angry. Uh, <laughs> you have Hubert J. Farnsworth and Filio or Philo Farnsworth and Oliver. I think it's. He, he aside, not sure if I said that right, but basically this book goes into total detail. It gives you characteristics about the individual. It tells you what genius level they are, what madness level they are, what their primary goals were, what their arch enemy was, different, different things that they did if they were real. Uh, and the book is awesome. Once again, it's Daniel H. Wilson. This one's called the Mad Scientist Hall of Fame, and he has just a plethora of books that are awesome. So check check him out for sure. Do you think that uh, if that book was revised today, that Elon Musk would be in there? Possibly, because they seem like he's kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah. How about dads? Do you think dads should be in there? They do a lot of experimenting. There's a... Uh, there's a quote from uh, David Cronenberg. He uh, directed uh, Scanner, the movie Scanners from 1981, and then he did The Fly from 1986. He did a bunch of Mad Scientist movies. Um, definitely check him out. Um, but he said, everybody's a mad scientist and life is their lab. We're all trying to experiment to find a way to live, to solve problems, to fend off madness and chaos thought yeah, that was pretty well, interesting which means you know uh, many of us can be mad scientists but of course there's dr emmett brown from the back to the future movies there's this one's the best one dr bunsen honeydew the resident scientist in the muppets universe and his assistant beaker welcome again to muppet labs where the future is being made today dr bunsen honeydew here with news to set you a quiver beaker beaker dear lad come over here Oh, Beaker, you forgot the Beaker. Now, get the Beaker, Beaker. 
one. You are about to see the first sample ever isolated of the new element, bunsonium, contained in this self-same beaker here. So far, we have found no use for bunsonium. We already know that it does not remove paint, it isn't a good glue, and when used as a shampoo, it produces unusual side effects. Right, Beaker? <laughs> so today, we begin an experiment to see what bunsonium does when taken internally. My assistant, Beaker here, will now drink the bunsonium. <laughs> oh, that's all right. There, there, Beaker. Just take a teensy little sip at first, and remember not to get carried away and gulp the whole thing. Go ahead. It's all right. Go on. Good. And now, in just a few moments, we shall know exactly what bunsonium does. So that's what Bunsonium does. Come, Beaker, let's go find a bicycle pump and pump you back up. Oh yeah. Oh, actually, go back, go back to the Back to the Future. Uh, you you can actually. If um, it's funny that you even brought that up because I didn't even tell you what I was going to bring up about this. But do you know that on a website called Think Geek? Uh, thinkgeek.com that you can actually get a flux capacitor that plugs into your cigarette lighter. What? Oh yeah. Oh wow. How so, much did it say how much it was? Remember how much it actually said? Cause it was on sale and then it didn't go on sale. I mean, uh, I'll look it up, but uh, that's one thing that any mad scientist needs to have in their car for sure. I mean, you, you have to have that. I'm going to drive around with, with a flux capacitor and, and, you know, people will love that. So got to have well, that. So, you know, just kind of moving on here. So let's say that um, you got our book, Transylvania Traveler, which is available on Amazon, or you could just go to jacklinenpress.com. And let's say that you survived all the districts up into uh, mad science district and you were able to rent or purchase some lab space on lab lane next you're going to need a lot of stuff if you're going to be a mad scientist you're just going to need a lot of stuff and one of the things in in the book some of the survival essentials i'm just going to list a few of these from the book optimism even in the face of your constant miscalculations and failure an evil laugh. You have to have an evil laugh. You're going to need a loyal assistant. You're going to need meddling fool repellent, anti-hacking kit, lab equipment. Um, and then you're going to need a lot of books. You have to have books. Even if you're not going to read them, you're going to need books. And, and one of the books that I think that you should have in your lab is uh, this book from, from director John Landis. It's called Monsters in the Movies, 100 Years of Cinematic Nightmares. Um, and this book came out in 2011, and it covers all kinds of monsters. It basically goes through all of the monsters in movies, and one of the chapters is Mad Scientist. And it, it's mainly a book with a ton of, a ton of pictures. There's some, there's some text in there, and he talks about 
a lot of these movies, but when you get it, you're really looking at, at the great artwork. Um, but there's a whole section on mad scientists and mad scientist movies. So that's definitely one you're going to want to have in your lab. Um, one of the other books you're going to want to have <clears throat> is an anthology. It's called the mad scientist guide to world domination. And it's edited by John Joseph Adams. It came out in 2013 and uh, it's a really cool book. One of the, the short stories in there is actually by Daniel H. Wilson, who we were just talking about. It's called The Executor, and that it's a really cool story. But I want to read the back of this book because it kind of just uh, it sums up the mad scientists really well. So here, here we go. Mad scientists have never had it so rough. In superhero comics, graphic novels, films, TV series, video games, and even works of what may be fiction, they are besieged by those who stand against them, devoid of sympathy for their irrational, megalomaniacal impulses to rule, destroy, or otherwise dominate the world as we know it. Dr. Frankenstein was the first truly mad scientist of the modern era. And what did it get him? destroyed by his own creation and Jules Verne's Captain Nemo, a man ahead of his time as well as out of his head. What did he do to deserve persecution? Even Lex Luthor, by all accounts a genius, has been hindered not once, not twice, but so many times that it has taken hundreds of comic books, a few films, and no fewer than 10 full seasons of a television series to keep him properly thwarted. It's just not fair. So those of us who are so twisted and sick that we love mad scientists have created this guide. Some of the names have been changed to protect the guilty, but you'll recognize them. It doesn't matter, though. This guide is not for you. It's for them, the underhanded, overbrained paranoiacs who so desperately need our help. What lies behind those unfocused, restless eyes and drooling, wicked grins? Why and how do they concoct their nefarious plots? Why are they so set on taking over the world? If you've ever asked yourself any of these questions, you're in luck, because we are exposing their secrets, aiding and abetting their evil. It all awaits within. Watch out, world. So that's the back of this book. It's definitely a cool book with a lot of uh, fun oh, I stories. I love that book. Yeah, I a lot of cool stuff. I love that book. <clears throat> yep. And I mean, while we're on the topic of books, there's also uh, there's also another book that we, we mentioned in The Transylvania Traveler, uh, and that's The Ultimate Top Secret Guide of Taking Over the World by, by Ken Nisbet, Nesbitt and illustrations by Ethan Long. And they basically go through all kinds of things on on how to take over the world, uh, what you need to do to become a mad scientist. They even have a checklist of things that you'll learn uh, that I'll read here. It says uh, you need to become a, or after you read this book, you're going to become a genius overnight. You're going to think up a new mad scientist name. You're going <laughs> to equip your underground lair. You're going to build evil robots. You're going to stop time for fun and profit. You're going to dress for conquest. You're going to clone mutant monsters. You're going to recruit minions. And you're going to construct doomsday devices. <laughs> so by the time 
by the time you're done reading this book, and it's kind of just a joke, but they have everything to what you need to call yourself, what you need to do. They even have a section on here about playing video games to to go against uh, and build up your your strategy uh, so that you can become a better mad scientist, uh, which I'll get into some video game mad scientists that I personally love. But while we're sticking on books, um, there's another set of books that are really neat that you can learn a bunch of projects on um, – called uh, the evil they're the evil genius guides and if you look them up online like if you look them up on wikipedia there's tons of books um all by different people but it's it's always something so it could be like robotics uh or 101 spy gadgets for the evil genius uh they have um can you look these up on amazon or where do you yeah, they're all just... over Amazon as well. They have like 123 but robotic experiments for evil geniuses, electronic gadgets for evil geniuses, uh, electronic circuits, uh, mechatronics for the evil genius. Um, they have model rockets for the evil genius, 25 home automation projects for the evil genius. Everything is always about an evil genius programming video games uh physics projects for the evil genius uh mind performance projects for the evil genius i mean the dude just a ton a ton of project oriented things that are are just packed in these these books and i definitely recommend those if you want to become a mad scientist Nice. Did you have any other books? I have tons of books. We could sit here all day and go off on, <laughs> on books all day long. Well, I mean, you got to have books in your lab. I mean, there's got to be libraries and libraries of books in your lab. Yeah, I I have more books than I ever really wanted to shake a stick at. And Have I read them all? No. And that's not even the point of being a mad science. Uh, mad scientist you just need to have them on your shelf and uh and that's you can reference them anytime you're working on projects yeah so i was just gonna say the other thing you got to have are movies you you know and so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into um the details of these movies so i'm gonna list off a whole bunch really quick um if you're gonna try and write these down it's probably not going to happen because I'm going to go through a ton of them. So you may want to just hit record on one of your devices and record all these. Okay, you ready? Here I go. You have Metropolis, 1927, Frankenstein, 1931, The Bride of Frankenstein, 1935. Then you have all the uh, the movies that came after Frankenstein and the Wolfman, which is like the House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein, um, you have the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. You have the Hammer Horror Frankenstein films. You have Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1931, The Invisible Man 1933, Return of Dr. X 1939, Dr. Cyclops 1940, Man-Made Monster 1941, Zombies on Broadway 1945, 
20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, 1954, Forbidden Planet, 1956, Monster on the Campus, 1958, Attack of the Puppet People, 1958, The Alligator People, 1959, The Wasp Woman, 1959, The Tingler, 1959, The Time Machine, 1960, The Brain That Wouldn't Die, 1962, The Man with X-Ray Eyes, 1963, Die, Monster, Die, 1965, Mad Monster Party, 1967, The Incredible Two-Headed Transplant, 1971, The Thing with Two Heads, 1972, The Creeping Flesh, 1973, Young Frankenstein, 1974, The Island of Dr. Moreau, there are three versions in 1932, 1977, and 1996, Altered States, 1980, Swamp Thing, 1982, um, and there's a movie, and there's a newly created a newly canceled series from dc universe after one week that that show was already canceled which kind of sucks there's halloween 3 1982 explorers 1985 reanimator 1985 honey i shrunk the kids 1989 and all the sequels edward scissorhands 1990 hollow man 2000 the human centipede 2009 the shark to puss movies from sci-fi frank and weenie the uh, original 1984 short and the 2012 film the Mad Doctor, a great 1933 Mickey Mouse cartoon. <sighs> Monsters vs. Alien, although Monsters vs. Aliens isn't really a mad scientist movie. It's more of a movie with a it's mad scientist still a good in it. Movie. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. Dr. Cockroach has a cool little quote. He says, I'm not a quack, I'm a mad scientist. There's a difference. Um, anyway. That was just a bunch of movies um, I wanted to list. Not all Mad Scientist movies, but it's a decent little uh, sample size that you could jump into and check out if you're in the Mad Scientist mood. But you need more if you want to be a Mad Scientist. You're going to need some training. And so I believe, Tom, you have a bunch of games and toys that will help kind of get you in oh, a yeah. state of mind. Well, I already went over the toy that I was going to say, which was the flux capacitor, which incidentally... That's on ThinkGeek for uh, $24.99. Nice. Uh, is what they're selling it's it for. It's a good price. So just, it's a good price. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely a good price. I, I think so. But yeah, to get back into uh, video games, um, I'm, I'll just go into, uh, how about Dr. Zed Blanco uh, from Borderlands uh, 2009? I, if people have played that, he he's a nut he basically he lost his license for unknown reasons uh he maintains all the medical vendors around pandora and uh he just sits in an infirmary and he chops up corpses and comes in every now and then and he he's, he's just he's like a nut uh, is this so the guy who invented the game or is this the guy in the game no this this is just the guy in the game yes <laughs> what a nut uh the next guy is Dr. Nefarious uh, or Dr. Nefarious from Ratchet and Clank uh, series in 2003 and uh, he's actually a robotic mad scientist who hated organic organic life forms uh, even though he was formerly one himself so he turned himself into a uh, robotic like a robot type looking guy and all he wants to do is turn all organisms into robots. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's living, he wants to turn it into a robot. And he's just kind of a nut. But if you play the Ratchet and Clank series, you'll actually appreciate what I'm talking about there because he's kind of a nut. Uh, then you have 
Dr. Neocortex, which is really funny on how uh, that name came about. But this is from the Crash Bandicoot series from 1996 to uh, 2010 because they made a ton of them. And uh, Dr. Neocortex, the name actually is a play on the term of neocortex, which is an area in your brain. Um, he seeks world domination and he mutated uh, a whole bunch of local animals in the games and he wanted to create them into soldiers. And one of which he created into a soldier was Crash Bandicoot, which then became his arch nemesis and, uh, you know, obviously was always the final boss at all of, all of the end of the Crash Bandicoot uh, games. Um, so you have him, who is kind of a nut. Uh, then you have Dr. Uh, Caligosto Lobato from the Psychonauts uh, game from 2005. And uh, he, he is a, a real nut, too. He was actually an insane dentist and a freelancing dentist and his main goal is to remove your brain from anyone or anything it doesn't matter because he just wants to use that for whatever so he wants to steal and pull out your brain you know whether he makes you sneeze or makes you do something he, he wants your brain to come out he also has telekinesis and uh it's funny because his last name is lobato like a lobotomy so it's just, it's pretty funny how they did that. Um, and then the last one that I wanted to say on some of these these older games are Dr. William Birkin from Resident Evil 2 uh, from 1998. And uh, this guy was like a child prodigy, and he created uh, this virus called the G-Virus, um, which went wrong, obviously. And uh, right before he was going to die, he injected himself with his G virus and he went and mutated into this like weird looking monster. And uh, and then he went around and just started killing people. And in the game, your your goal, obviously, is to go after him and you eventually kill him and whatnot. But those are a couple of mad scientists and video games because I love bringing video games up because. I love playing video games, but it even says in the ultimate top secret guide that I mentioned uh, earlier uh, that you need to play video games in order to get better at, uh, at conquering uh, evil and conquering or not even evil, I guess good. And you need to learn your skills and learn what other mad scientists did that failed so that your, your plan for world domination isn't going to fail, which brings me into another thing real quick here is that if you are going to make your own projects and be a mad scientist, as, as the book even said, you need to create robots. And you can only create robots by, in several different ways. You can, you can, one, you could get the Lego Mindstorm kit if you search for Lego Mindstorms, created by, obviously, Lego. And that is a very awesome way of building robots you could program them with with their own little kind of drag and drop sort of like uh like scratch programming if you've ever heard of scratch program it's really good for kids if they want to learn how to how to program robots 
Um, or you could, you could step it up a notch and, uh, and grab an Arduino, uh, microcontroller board, which you can program all kinds of robots. It's a little bit more intricate. Um, but once again, you, you know, you're dealing with like the full blown wires, you're dealing with, you know, getting resistors and all sorts of stuff on breadboards and, and building the stuff that you want. And then if you really wanted to kind of even take it even a step further, you could jump into some Python programming and, and integrate that with, you know, other, other servos and motors and all kinds of other stuff that then latches on to, to that as well. You could get a, a book to learn Python. There's tons of them out there. One of my favorites is, uh, is called Automate the Boring Stuff with Python. There's actually a robot on the front of it that's pushing a lawnmower. And they go through like all this, you know, from the very beginning to like, you know, some intricate things. And uh, so if you're interested in Python programming, I would jump in and check that book out. Uh, I don't know how to say the guy's last name, but it's Al Swagart. It's a no starch press book and it's called automate the boring stuff with Python. And that, that's, that's basically, you got to create robots, uh, without a doubt, hands down, got to create robots if you're going to be a mad scientist. So nice. I think one of the other things that, uh, you need to do is you need to collect a lot of lab equipment and goodies. Um, and yep. so if you go on Amazon, you could actually find a lot of the stuff I'm going to list here. So like you could get this glass fl glass flask set. They call it a glass Erlenmeyer uh, flask set. It's it's like nine twenty five. And you get these cool this cool set of glasses that will look great on a lab table. You can get these Kiko multicolor syringe pens. There's a 12 pack with different colors. They look like syringes, but they're pens. Um, $9.98. You can get these uh, Westchester chemical resistant PVC coated work gloves, 18 inch work gloves. <laughs> these things are like, they look like you could dip them in, you know, toxic goo and uh, your arm is going to be fine. But these things are $6.99. You got to get a plasma ball, caution stickers to put on the, the front of your lab so meddling fools won't go in there. There's an Amaz, an Amaze Lab, A-M-A-Z-L-A-B, Halloween blood, blood bag drink container. So these are like, <laughs> they're like blood bags, but you yeah, can put geez. drinks in there. $13.99 for those, those things. That's uh, a steal that, right there. Oh, yeah. You got to get, um, they have, you can get like brains on Amazon. So there's this one that's a mad scientist glow in the dark brain, Halloween prop. Um, it's about nine bucks. You can get other brains on there as well. Just, you know, prop brains got to have one, you know, if you could stick it in a big jar, like floating in liquid, great to have on the desk. Um, yeah, throw some food coloring in there or something and make it even look better. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Then you got to yep. get, um, there's these uh, Westminster hand boilers. There's like these just little glass tubes with little twirly, uh, you know, swirls in the glass and whatnot with different color liquids in there. Don't know what they do, but you got to have it on in your lab. You got to yep. have a, you got to have a pair of steampunk goggles. You, you just you got to get it. You got to get yeah. um, the sixty test tubes with caps and rack. 
for $16.99. How could you not get this? A Tesla coil. So I looked on Amazon. There's actually Tesla coils for a, for, I mean, I don't know if they're actually real. It seems like some of them just play sound effects. But you got to have one. You got to get a plasma ball. You can get some of those for like as cheap as 20 something bucks. Got to get that. Got to get a microscope. You got to have uh, mad balls, foam collectible balls. If, if anyone remembers those, you got to get them. Yep. And then, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like that that you could find on Amazon or if you just search like mad scientist props online, you'll find. Oh, yeah, you got to have a, stuff. did you say a lab coat? Well, I haven't gotten have to the clothes. I haven't gotten to the clothing yet, but uh, before I get there, there's one other thing that you're going to need, and that's trash bags. And I would recommend getting hefty or glad. Do not get bargain brand because if you're if you're carrying anything kind of heavy, which you're going to be, um, yeah, like they're gonna break, monster. They're going to break right parts. through. You got to yeah, have go right you got to have hefty or glad. So. And then you're also going to need some kind of long garden tool. So when you pack your failed projects or leftovers into the bags and, you know, like the Clopex did in the 1989 movie, The Burbs, and you drive it from your garage out to the curb with no headlights and then bang the hell out of it with a stick, like it's the only way you can do it. I can see the news report now. They were a quiet family, kept pretty much to themselves. No one would have ever suspected them of foul play. I've never seen that. I've never seen anybody drive their garbage down to the street and bang the hell out of it with a stick on. I've never seen that. <laughs> so these are the things you just need. Um, and with that, um, I want to leave you with this quote from American uh, artificial intelligence researcher and writer, um, Ellie Eliezer Yudkowsky, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He said, every 18 months, the minimum IQ necessary to destroy the world drops by one point. Anyway, if you don't know who this guy is, look him up. He has a lot of interesting stuff on AI. His name, I, I'm going to spell the name. Eliezer, it's E-L-I-E-Z-E-R, Yudkowsky, Y-U-D-K-O-W-S-K-Y. A lot of interesting stuff going on in his world. Um, but then going to the look, yeah, you're going to need some wild hair like Einstein or Doc Brown. So you can get wigs with that type of hair for like 15 bucks or you can do the no hair look like lex luther get a bald cap for like 10 to 20 bucks you're gonna need pocket protectors you can get a 15 pack of pocket protectors for like nine bucks and then a lab coat which you've got to have you um you can get those for like 10 bucks yeah. um but now and then for sound, you got to have the mad scientist laugh. That's something that you're going to have to provide. And you've got to well, yell. Hold on before before you even do that, because in that ultimate top secret guide, they even talk about how you should work on making your laugh sound like a mad scientist. And once again, go back to that book and you'll end up learning how to do that because they're going to show you. Oh, nice. So yeah, then that'll, that definitely helps you, uh, you know, get that perfected. But you've all, you also have to yell things like it's alive, um, meddling yep. fools. It's got to be, that's got to be included in your lexicon. 
So, uh, and then there's one last thing that I think you're going to need. Um, and this is a pretty, uh, it's a pretty important one. You got to be mad. And a great example of this can be seen, and I don't know if you've seen this yet, Tom, but I just watched this recently on HBO. It's this documentary, came out this year, called The The Inventor, um, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. And it's about the crazy rise and fall of the company Theranos. It's a, the one-time multi-billion dollar healthcare company founded by Elizabeth Holmes. And this lady is crazy. Um, she's like dresses like Steve Jobs. She changes her voice. Like there's no way she talks the way she talks. She has like this deep voice and and she basically goes out and does all her interviews and all her speeches in that voice. And there's no way she talks like that. And then her eyes. Wait, she's trying to be like Steve Jobs. Oh, or? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. No, she, I've never like, seen it. You have to see it. What do you dream for? that less people have to say goodbye too soon to people they love. I had heard about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. But you know, her story is so compelling. She was going to herald a revolution in medical treatment in this country. It was obviously such an incredible story, a woman creating this $9 billion company. Everyone worshipped the ground she walked on. She could do no wrong. She was the next Steve Jobs. The idea with the Edison was to stick the lab inside the box. She wanted Edison devices in every home in America. This could be the apple of healthcare. You all are part of something that is going to change our world. What higher purpose is there? Elizabeth came to me, and she described her idea. It's impossible, physically. Elizabeth was lying about the accuracy of the blood tests. It's all a show. She didn't want anybody to see what was going on in there. We don't need to explain ourselves to competitive companies. She aligned herself with very powerful men who succumbed to a certain charm. She was deceiving investors to the tune of $400 million. It comes back to fake it until you make it. There was definitely something going on behind the scenes. She had bulletproof glass on their windows. Anything I typed was watched. It was very scary. Like, what are they trying to hide? The mantra in Silicon Valley is move fast, break things. That's not the way you approach science that's going to be impacting people's lives. Quite frankly, people can die. It snowballed into this crazy situation. In a panic, I went and bought a burner phone. I called the Wall Street Journal. What is coming out of her mouth is not reality. She never thought she had any limits. She was going to conquer the world. This was real lunacy. Tell us a secret. I don't have many secrets. Um... Again, it's called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. It's, it's on HBO. And it is a crazy true story on how this lady came up with this idea that was never going to happen. It was as crazy as saying, I invented a time machine and people actually gave her millions of dollars, millions of dollars Holy to do this. And it's, it's, I can't even believe it's real. So I can't believe it's real, to be honest yeah, with you. Ch check the thing out, Elizabeth Holmes. Um, it is a, it's, a, it's a crazy story. So that's hey, about real all. quick. Oh, wait, go ahead. Real quick, just to go back to the, to the very beginning when you were throwing out people in the list, 
What do you think about Pinky and the Brain? Oh, yeah. The cartoon. I can't believe we yeah. didn't bring them up. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Figure, I had it on my notes, and I forgot all about them. But Pinky and the Brain, the cartoon special oh. that was in, uh, what, it was originally released in 1995. Uh, it was on Nickelodeon um, by Warner Brothers. And, I mean, they had four seasons. And, I mean, Pinky and the Brain... What do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. In laboratory mice, the team has his mice. The Pinky, the Pinky and the Brain, 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 Brain. Right up there with Invader Zen. You could throw that on there, too. But, we, I mean, we've talked about him before. What about Dexter's yeah. Laboratory? That'd probably be on there. I never well, watched you know, that cartoon, could, though. We could probably sit here, uh, you know, for days trying to figure out all this, this, all the mad scientist stuff that's out there. There's so much. And I, I mean, I even have other stuff that we could go through. But like I said, we could go through this for, for days on end, making sure. But I think that, that when we leave you here, if you uh, if you go back through, maybe play this whole podcast really slowly so you could write all this information down. And once you get it all written down and you go out and you buy all this stuff and work on your laugh and, and watch all these movies and play the video games and, and do all this stuff, I think after you're done, probably be pretty good at being a mad scientist. Definitely. So, I mean, but and then obviously you're going to need to get that lab space. Um, and again, you're going to want to go to jackolanternpress.com so that you can get Transylvania Traveler, our new book. And that's going to get you to the Mad Science, uh, the Mad Science District so that you can uh, you can get that lab space and you can start uh, toiling. So uh, that's jackolanternpress.com. But uh, so I think that's about it. That was it. Everything uh, on your side. Yeah, I'm good. That was all the stuff I had. Okay, cool. Yeah. So to take us out of this podcast, um, I dug up from the pumpkin patch a Halloween sound vignette from a cassette tape that we had as kids. I don't know if you remember this, Tom, but it was called it was a two is like a two pack one cassette. It was a night in a haunted house, a night in a graveyard. It was released in. 1992 by Haunted Sounds Music Company, and uh, there's a vignette called Laboratory. So uh, we're going to close this podcast with uh, with Laboratory. Here it is. There's the mad professor, and he's conducting more electrical experiments.